Hello, everyone. Welcome into another episode. It's Capturing the Game, the Game Within the Game podcast. Uh, I'm your co-host, Desmond Jones. Um, also, my co other co-host, uh, Brady, would not be joining us today, but he's always always part of the show and heart and spirit. Um, today, we got another another fantastic guest. I can't wait to get a chance to interview. Her name is Tiffany Lockett. Tiffany, how are you doing today? I'm doing well, thank you. How are you? I'm doing fabulous. It's awesome yeah. to get to, to to meet you and get to know you. Um, for for our, for our audience that's out there that's listening, can you tell I know can you tell the audience a little bit about yourself? Uh, yes, I'm uh, a Midwesterner. I come from Ohio. I'm originally from Worcester, Ohio. I moved to um, well DC at the DC metro area, but I moved to Virginia in 2000. And I lived there about 20 years. And then I moved here to Dallas, Texas, uh, recently on my birthday, September 24th. So I've been in Texas um, for a few months and, and I'm loving it, I'm enjoying it. Um, I grew up playing basketball my whole life as well as uh, you know all different sports. Uh, but I always knew I was gonna coach. Um, my father was a football coach at the College of Worcester for 30 plus years. And uh, I grew up breaking down film with him um, from the age of 10 on his bedroom wall with the old projectors, you know, where you had to put the reel in and, you know, and, and feed it Ooh, and, Jesus. you know, get started. <laughs> yeah. So I'm dating myself right now. Um, but, you know, I, I grew up with uh, being athletic and, and, you know, sports and, uh, like I said, I always knew I was going to coach, um, but I went to Baltimore's college. And once I got out of school, I then ended up getting into um, recreation. So I did recreation for a while. And then when I moved to Virginia, I became a firefighter. So I was a firefighter. I was a driver operator and an officer for six years. And then it beat my body up pretty good. And I was like, okay, it's time to do what I knew I was always going to do. And that's coach. So um, I've been coaching ever since, ever since 2011 and, you know, just loving it, just definitely loving it. Wow. So I, I know I did, I did a little research about you being a firefighter and I heard that in an interview. I was like, wow, that's amazing. So one of my favorite TV shows is like Chicago fire is how much is that like, like, is it just online or is it really just two TV ish with what goes on with a day to day, like as being a firefighter? I, I won't say it's it's there. There are a lot of things that are online, but then there are yeah. some things that just aren't. So, yeah. um, you know, so at times it's hard, you know, and I'm sure for other people in different, you know, their professions to watch your profession because you're mm -hmm. nitpicking every little scene scenario, what they did and said, and then, well, that, you wouldn't have done that because of, you know, fill in the blank. Right. Um, but, you know, there is a lot of, uh, you know, realism to it, but at the end of the day, it, it's still television. So, you know, it's gotta be sensational. Uh, and, and in all actuality, um, you know, in the fire department, I ran more medical calls, more, um, you know, vehicle, someone stuck in a tree, you know, or a cat in it. We literally ran a cat in a tree and also a dog stuck in 
offense. <laughs> you know, so there, it's not as sensational as, as people think. Um, the, the more day-to-day is really, you know, medical type calls. You might get that sensational fire call every now and again where you're, you know, it's a high rise or an apartment building um, or a house fire. Uh, so I've, uh, I used to work at a swift water station and, um, I have some pictures of me out on ice, you know, all geared up with these picks, you know, going across ice. And, you know, luckily we never had to cut anyone out of the ice, but, you know, it, it when it rains and starts flooding, you know, the having to push a car, you know, out of, you know, and it, a a little river that, you know, a pool of water that formed or, you know, having to, you know, help someone across the road that flooded out and they're stuck in their car. So that's more, you know, of of the kind of stuff, you know, that we did. Okay. Okay. I I was just curious. That was completely off topic, off subject, but I was just curious. No, it's okay. A lot of people are like that. When you see something on TV, you're like, is that what it's like in real life? You know, that everybody wants to know that. So, so it's, it's very bad, very valid, but it's interesting. I, when I got inducted into my high school hall of fame, one of the things that I said as a coach, I saved more lives than I did as a firefighter. And, you know, that's very true because like I said, of the types of calls, that we run, um, we see in the fire department, you see people at their worst, you know, it, when they, they're, you know, e- emergency. And for young adults and children, you're getting that to them, not in emergencies, but at a time in their life where they're very vulnerable and impressionable, they're developing, you know, and you get to help guide that child or that player in a way that being in the fire department, you don't, you know, you're in the fire department, it's an emergency and you've got to get there and you've got to, you know, handle that emergency. But as a coach, you might have emergencies that creep up, but you're able to help guide them and in their development, in their growth and in a very, you know, exponential way that you you don't get to in in the fire service. Mm, that's very good information because, like I said, I'll, I'll Chicago Fire one of my favorite shows. So I always like I, I know that's not what it's like on a day to day basis, but you know I, I just try to <laughs> the blanks. So, <laughs> um, so you from, from so welcome to the Midwest. I'm you know I'm originally from um, Illinois, so I always. Okay. Ohio, Ohio was never really my, my favorite state amongst the Midwest, but I won't hold that against you. <laughs> okay, I appreciate it. I appreciate it. Um, I am a, I'm a LeBron fan, even though okay. he's out in LA. I, you know, I'm I, a LeBron, LeBron fan. He'll always be Akron, Ohio, and we're ne- right next to Akron, Ohio. So, okay. yeah. <laughs> I, I, got, I, got mad, I got mad respect for Le- LeBron. So I'm not, a, I'm not one of these LeBron haters or anything, so. I'm a big, big, uh, big supporter of LeBron. <laughs> um, how much did, so I know you mentioned that your dad, you know, you grew up watching, you know, film with your dad and that's how you really, that's how you knew coaching was for, for you. Um, when you was breaking down like film and stuff, like what are some of the things that you looked for or kind of helped your father did 
um, when you're breaking that film and then how did that like those skills that you learned at an early age transfer to what you're currently doing right now absolutely um well it's all about mechanics you know sport is mechanics mm -hmm. you know how you move foot placement things like that so um he would he would walk me through and talk me through uh foot placement and you know how your hips are turned and facing and what that means how you can lock your hips in or down um how hand placement where your hand should be you know in order to get a certain result things like that uh you know you always hear uh coaches say keep your head on a swivel and he was a defensive line coach uh so you know he would talk to me about the importance of that you know about being aware and, and visualizing things and swiveling your head, you know, as the play is moving and as you're progressing. You know, we talked about nuances that I think that's why I'm a little things coach. Um, I pick up nuances very quickly when I'm, you know, just watching a, a simple game on, on TV or, or, you know, in the gym. Um, and that comes from, you know, having that eye, having my father, you know, kind of say, do you see that? You know, and I'll say, yeah, you know, his foot was here and this is what he did, you know, and and then I'll say, well, that time his foot was there or his hand was there and this happened. And he'll say, yeah, and that's because and then, you know, and we'll talk through those things and that 100 percent translates over to the game of basketball because footwork starts in the feet, you know, in, in any sport you know, that you play, it's, it's, it starts in the feet. If you have poor footwork, well, then usually it's hard to bring along the other stuff. You know, you see uh, players that shoot or they do things from the waist up and, and they're only successful, but for so long or so far, and then they don't understand why this isn't working, why I can't, you know, be more consistent and things like that. And I say, well, it starts in your feet. You know, if if you're flat footed, if you're on your heels, uh, then you can't turn. You know, it's hard to plant and cut and, you know, and be effective and quick when you're flat footed and now and standing up. So now everything takes a lot longer. So it, it helped me to see the mechanics very, very early of of the technique. So when you know, I can watch kids shooting or warming up or whatever, and I can instantly pick out something that, you know, that they're doing that if they just switched a little, you know, this or that, then they would be much more successful. So that's what I think I love about development, because, you know, you you can give a player, you know, a little, you know, a tweak here or there and then you know you can see that light bulb go on and then you see that skill just really blossom and you know and that's what I love about development so so it absolutely translated over and that's why early I was able I've always been able to have that eye uh, when I watch players when I was playing myself I could look at defenders and see their tendencies very quickly and take advantage of it so it just it just all just kind of helped my game and helped me coach, um, you know, that that much more. No, that's awesome. So I, that's one of the things that I, I try to pride myself on 
when in all like in game situations, just trying to watch my opponents to see what they're doing to see how I can try to attack that. But I feel like like my level is probably like right here, and then your level is like off the charts, you know. <laughs> <laughs> um. So so what's one of the um? Because I know you train a lot of younger athletes and professional athletes. What's what do you feel as though is like one of the lost skills or large art to to the game today? Mm. Fundamentals. It's just fundamentals across the board. Um, if you remember when um, we had the dream team and they were just killing everybody. Well, we were, you know, the U.S. was just so athletic and um, just so talented. You know, that's what the focus was. Fundamentals. You had guys then that, you know, like a Colby that practiced over and over and over, and they didn't get bored with the fundamentals, with just mm-hmm. the basics. We've moved into a culture where we play all the time. Kids are getting injured earlier, and it's all about being seen so I can get the scholarship or the notoriety. Uh, and that's so we have now a big disconnect where we have kids coming into high school who can't use their we can't their offhand. Uh, they don't know how to throw an, a no look pass. They can't hold a pivot foot. They're traveling, and all those things are just basic. You know, they're basic. So now, you know, like I said, fast forward, we see today where the other countries have now caught up to the U.S. and they're beating. U.S. basketball. And that's why, because they understand that it's in the details, you know, so they have academies, you know, kids grow up and they go to academies and they grow up learning the game from a very early age. Well, over here, we have kids that they play video games and they stay inside and they don't go out and play pickup, you know, and, and all those outside games that we did that made you athletic. And then they get into high school or junior high and their friends are playing sports and they say, Oh, I want to play that too. Let me try. Well, you know, they're behind the curve, you know, because you're, they're now playing with kids that have started playing since four and five years old, you know, and now they're behind And now they have to hurry up and catch up. And then you have parents with money that say, oh, I want my child to be on this AAU team or that AAU team. And they're not prepared and they're not ready. But, hey, you've got coaches out there that will take their money and say, hey, I'll put them on the team. And then the kid goes out there and either gets embarrassed or they barely get any playing time. They don't get any development and, and it really discourages them. And they usually tend to just fall right on off, you know, so it's, it's really hard to watch because fundamentally uh, you just, you see a, a drop off in how the game is played. It's all about highlight videos. nowadays. you know, kids want to come into the gym and the first thing they want to do is shoot. You know, they don't want to hear we're having a practice without a basketball. What? (laughs) You know, (laughs) I put around. Yeah. How do you do that? I put the ball in the hole. How do you mean we're going to practice? Well, there's a lot more than shooting this ball in that hoop. You know, there's there's footwork. There's defense. There's, you know, uh, watching the game, running, conditioning, you know, all those things. And Mm -hmm. that's not the stuff that they want to do. 
But other countries recognize that over here in the States, we have athleticism out of the wazoo. In particular, in, you know, in both the men's and the women's game, but in particular, you know, on the men's side, the boys' side, they don't necessarily develop the fundamentals like women or girls do because they can rely on their athleticism to jump, to run fast, to be quick, you know, and, and to rebound quickly and get off their feet quickly. Uh, and other countries don't necessarily have that. So we've now come to just rely on that. And that's what's putting, you know, uh, us a little bit behind the curve. Whereas on the women's side, it's all about the fundamentals. And then you get into the argument about, do we drop the rim because they want to see dunks and, you know, all the highlights that you get on the men's side. But if you love the game, when you watch a women's game, you understand, wow, that's some good stuff that they're doing. Wow, look at that pass or look at that mm -hmm. footwork and look at how she did this and got past that defender. And it doesn't matter if it's a man, male or female. It's just good basketball. She might not be jumping and going through the legs and hot, you know, and, you know, dunking <laughs> like that. Right. But it's still athleticism and, and beauty because really love is beauty. And when you love something, you see the beauty of it in, in it. That's a quote right there. Love is <laughs> that that's a quote. But yeah, that's one of the biggest things that I love about the W is they're so fundamentally sound. And it's ridiculous because with some of the footwork that I see, just the handles, just the, some of the players IQ, like it's it's amazing for me to watch at times. And um so it, so I, I definitely agree with that. So let's so let's let's do this. Okay. So you know, hi, my name is Desmond. I'm in high school, right? Let's say I'm let's we're gonna rewind the clock, right? I'm going back to high school. Okay. Help me navigate my career to to get to play at college. Or some of the things I should be doing or some of the things I shouldn't be doing as I start my high school career trying to make it to that next level. Well, the first thing that we have to find out is where your scalability is. Um, mm -hmm. Some kids are coming into high school having played maybe a year, sometimes not even at all. And they're saying, hey, I want to play in college. So, uh, you know, realistically, we have to find out what type of ability that they have. Because, you know, let's face it, it four years is it's not a lot of time, but it's still enough time to be able to, you know, get something out of, out of your career. So that's first mm -hmm. and foremost. If you're someone that's played since, you know, like I said, the age of five and you've come through AAU or not even that, you're just, you've played the game, you're familiar with the game, you enjoy it, you're a hard worker. The first thing I say is ask, do you wanna play in college? If they say yes, I say, where do you want to play in college? Because you've got NAIA, Division Three, on up to Division One. So um, some players just want to play for the love of the game and want to go to college. And some players need college to play the game, if that make or needs. Yeah. In order to get to college, they've got to play the game to get there. So, you know, I, I need to find out what, where they kind of fit in. Um, so for that player that wants to go division one, they have those high hopes at division one. 
I ask them what their workouts look like or do they actually work out on their own? <laughs> and that's where the rubber meets the road, kind of. You find out who's actually doing something at home and who really just has, has these dreams of grandeur and, you know, of getting to the next level, but really isn't putting any work in. So I kind of lay it all out for them. If, if you're trying to go D1, this is what a division one day in the life of an athlete looks like. And sometimes, you know, they're like, wow, I, I don't really want to work that hard. And sometimes they're like, wow, okay, you know, I can do this. And then we continue into, okay, we assess their skills, you know, where their weaknesses are, um, you know, what, what their goals are, you know, when they're going into the high school, some are just to make the team. Others want to start, you know, and, you know, they either want to be like a three-point specialist or, you know, they want to be a point guard, you know, either or um, six, five to, well, actually taller, but for guys, you know, six, seven on down, um, you're a point guard. You could be on the floor with other guys that you're, that are your height and you need to handle the ball. So, you know, everybody's got to be a ball handler, but, you know, when you have that kid that wants to be a point guard in particular, well, now you're talking position specific. So there's, you know, specific drills and things that, you know, we would work on to, you know, kind of get them to where they need. But in, in terms of the recruiting process, because the recruiting process is huge. Nowadays, there's so many different AAU events, which is good for, uh, to, to get out there and, and be seen. However, a lot of those coaches are sitting on the, the courts where all the high level players and the, you know, the ranked players are playing. So if you're not ranked and, and you're not in that category, you're, you tend to be all the way across this huge arena on the opposite side on a court where there's not really any coaches that, that are seeing you. So you have to do your legwork in order to be seen. You need to reach out to coaches. You need to go to camps so that they can see your face. You need to send them video to show them, hey, this is who I am. This is what I do. And then each year you need to show them, hey, I'm now a, a junior this from my this is my freshman year this is my sophomore year now I'm a junior and these are the things that I'm doing so it makes it easier for that that recruiter to say wow this kid you know has grown exponentially I can see the potential in them if we were to get them hey I want to offer them or they might say hey you know I see your your progress but you know here at the university of you know so and so we, this is the type of game we run. So we really need a player that does X, Y, Z. In that case, this player that says, okay, well, I really would, you know, want to become that player. Then, you know, they have to switch their training to, to then, you know, uh, be functional to become, you know, that kind of trainer. The, the few things that I tell players you absolutely do not want to do. And that is go home and sit on your butt eat a poor diet and don't exercise because doesn't matter what any sport is. Conditioning is number one. 
It doesn't matter how talented you are. It doesn't matter. You could be Michael Jordan. If I'm playing against Michael Jordan and he's gassed, none of his talent matters because he's gassed. It all goes out the window. So now my conditioning has taken over. And that's what people don't understand. It's not about having all this skill ability and being able to do all these neat little tricks. That's all well and good for a video, but to truly be effective, conditioning. And that's just flat out, put on your tennis shoes and go out and run 400s, 100s, 200s, you know, a mile and a half, two miles, every day, every other day, push-ups, sit-ups, bench, incline, squats, you know, just basic stuff. And if you don't have a gym to do bench and squat and all that other stuff, do body weight. <laughs> you can find stuff in your house, gallon jugs that you can hold, you know, that you can, you know, lift on your arms and use to do lunges and squats and things like that. So, you know, it's, it can get lengthy, but at the end of the day, if you're just putting in the work every day in some way, then then you're going to get there. And that's the type of players that I love working with because you see that that, you know, fervor in them to want to get better and to do better. You know, I can give them a technique to work on. And then that next week, you know, we're working on it and they say, hey, you know, and I put them through the paces and I could say, OK, I see you're finishing better. You're getting higher off the ground, you know, yeah. instead before where you were trying to reach to clap the backboard. You know, now you're finishing and, you know, you're rocking the backboard, so to speak. Yeah. So, you know, it's that's that's how I kind of guide the person, you know, through. Now, there's a lot of coaches out there that'll say, yeah, I'll do that for you. Give me some money. Um, you know, nothing is for free, <laughs> you know, of course, but you, you also have to, if, if you're going to hire someone to help your kid or to train your kid, you have to sit down with them or you got to listen to them and find out how they're going to train your, your child or, or your, the player. And then it has to be functional. Because you have this one-on-one -on -one training and you've got a kid that, you know, I, I've seen, you know, some players that have said, well, yeah, I've been training for years. And then they get in games and they either freeze up or, you know, they can't really be effective. And, I, you know, and you wonder, well, why can't they? Well, because it's not functional. It doesn't matter how long you're training. That all has to be functional and translate over into the game. And if you're just having them shoot, you know, a hundreds of shots without any pressure, any other type of variable in place. Lo and behold, they get in the game. Now they're pressured and they can't shoot, you know, yeah. or, or now they've, they've got, instead of being able to shoot off the dribble, which they love doing, now they've got to run off screens and catch and shoot and they can't, you know, mm -hmm. because, well, they never ran off screens, you know, in, in training. You know, so you got to make it functional and it and it needs to be have different variables added to it in order for it to, you know, translate over. No, I that totally makes a lot of sense. And um, I think a lot of times a lot of players do get into, you know, the one on one training or um, just not enough practice or not enough repetitions. Like they think that their practice time is when they go to the gym and it's, you know, and it's mm -hmm. actually really just 
what they do outside of the gym, you know, what, what they eat, especially, you know, even though that some of them might be young, they feel as though, you know, oh, I can eat whatever I want. But, you know, that's not necessarily the case because, we, you, you know, you, whatever you, your, your, your body is a temple. And so whatever you put into it, you know, is what it's going to put out. And I'll, some mm-hmm. of that stuff I wish, like, I knew at a younger age because I know maybe I would have been maybe that much more of a better athlete. But <laughs> um, I mean, and it's and it's it's really having a coach that's mm-hmm. willing to take that time to give you that, because in all honesty, you know, we have coaches out there that they either don't have that time or don't want to take that time to kind of, you know, check in on the kids when they leave the court, see what they're eating, see what they're doing. How are you feeding your mind as well as your mouth? You know, those types of things. And and that takes a commitment, you know, to, to that player, you know, like I said, that's love, you know, so. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Definitely. That's love. What's, What's one thing that kids should do more of and then what's one thing that kids should do less of? So, for example, like, uh, oh, go ahead. I, I saw the light. Yeah, there. it's funny. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because because I, it's funny you ask me these questions because these are the things that I talk about a lot, you know, with other yeah. coaches and, and with parents. Um, kids should do more, more drilling and practicing on their own um when I grew up my we lived down the street from the college so I would um my youth coach lived literally at the top of our hill and he had a little like mini court there with a hoop attached to his garage and all the neighborhood kids would sit on the hill and play pick you know wait to play you know, pick up and things. But at the college, there were outside hoops. Mm -hmm. So I would go up there a lot. And I remember Cheryl Miller was my Mm -hmm. idol. And I would watch games and I would see her do stuff. And the minute that game was over, I'd grab my ball and I would go right up to the college and I would just practice, practice, practice. I could see those moves in my head and I, I would emulate those moves and, and do them over and over until I got it right. Until I saw, yeah, that's what she's doing. And kids nowadays, they see the highlight part. They see the either the dunk or, or some type of crazy something or other. And they're practicing that. Their pra- kids are practicing more half court shots than they are doing form shooting. Mm-hmm. And so, how much sense does it make when, you know, how often are you going to shoot a half sh- half court shot as opposed to a mid range, you know, ten to eight foot shot in a game or a layup for that matter? But they're not necessarily practicing those. So just you know, practice go grab a ball, go to a court and shoot and, and work on, on things on your own. Do more of that because that is, is what keeps you engaged and keeps you interesting and do less of the highlight stuff. I, I can't tell you how many times I, I see kids coming in and their first shot is a three point, uh, Hardaway shot where they kick their foot out and they fall off and they shoot. Yeah, I see it over and over and over again. 
or they're dribbling to the basket, they're jumping up and they're doing a 360 and trying to throw the ball up. Haven't warmed up, haven't stretched, none of that. So not only are they practicing bad habits, they're, they're going to essentially get hurt, you know, yeah. so they need to do a lot less of that stuff. That's the stuff that comes when you're a, a Colby Bryant that you've been playing overseas and you've been playing for many years and you've been practicing and drilling for years and years and years. That's the stuff that you can do. And they don't even do that coming in the gym. They come in and do the stuff that they should do. They go through a series of warmups. Then they go through a series of stretches. Then their warmup sometimes is almost like a game. It's a game within the game, you know, and then, and then they play and then they play for an hour or two hours. So, you know, players don't, don't realize, yeah, there's a whole there's a whole warm up that needs to have. You got to get your body ready to do that kind of stuff. And it might be fun. And you think, oh, yeah, I'm just playing around. And but everything translates. You do it long enough and it's going to translate to something. So that's what I would tell them to do <laughs> and what not and what to stop doing. Yeah. No, it's, uh, it's important because I, I can't tell you how many times like I've like been in the gym and I see, you know, kids shooting around for I'm like, it's not, it's not, you talked about being functional. That's like, that's not being, that's not really functional. Like, there's not something that often that you do, you know, let's, you know, let's maybe work on your handles, work on the off ball. Let's, you know, um, let's try to, you know, work on finishing at the rims, you know, actually doing proper footwork to finish. Right. And, uh, you know, it's a lot of different, you know, things that, kids can be doing instead of but you know sometimes depending on like the I think the group that you're you're in or, or who you're with you know you just kind of follow what the crowd does like you know if everyone's shooting shooting half court shots if people just fall in line and, and do that so mm-hmm. um, and every now and again you see that kid that kind of goes off on their yeah, own yeah. and they're over there doing form shooting and they're working on those moves you know mm-hmm. and and when I see those kids those are the kids that I go over to and I say, Hey, nice job. I see you're getting better. Like, yeah. Thanks coach. You know, and, yeah. and you could tell, and they take pride in that and you can see their confidence yeah. growing, you yeah. know? And, and so they, you, I'd like to see more kids do that. Yeah. I, growing up, I was, I was definitely one of those kids. Um, they like, I, uh, I spent a lot of time off to the side just trying to I probably shot way too many jumpers, but I could have been working on something else. But, <laughs> but it, it, you know, um, I, I, at the time, you know, I didn't really know, you know, I didn't know those drills that, sh- you know, I could have been doing, should have been doing. And so, right. So right. let's talk about the W. What's your thoughts on the league and how it's grown so far and just the state of the W with where it's at right now? Um, I love women's basketball. Uh, you yeah. know, what can I say? Uh, I would like to see it grow. Um, it, you know, when you, when you talk finances, that's when, you know, it all gets kind of muddled, uh, because at the end of the day, you have to be able to support it. Um, and, you know, just like with other things, you, you've got to have the men, uh, support what the women do. And I think that, you know, it's, it's really gained a lot of traction and it's getting more support. Um, but what's interesting is, you know, 
players that I've talked to and that I've coached, mm-hmm. uh, girls, you know, I ask about the games or who their favorite player is or whatever. And they say, I don't watch, I don't watch women's basketball. Mm-hmm. And it's like, wait a minute, how can you be a woman? How could you be a girl or a woman and not yeah. watch women's basketball? Because if you aspire to play in college and, and eventually play pro, then why wouldn't you watch the league that you're aspiring to go into? So, you know, that's that's part of, you know, um, I, I think where, you know, we need to, we do and they do market, you know, the young girls, but we really need to find that that middle age, that, that um, middle school to, well, heading to middle school to ninth grade age, where we target them really hard, you know, and, and show them not only what sport can do, but how it can help develop them, not just physically, but mentally, spiritually. Um, and, and the W does a lot of good marketing uh, now. So, so that part of it's good. Um, the talent is off the charts. I mean, it, it's just, it's crazy. Um, I like that they get paid more money now. However, it's still not comparable. You know, the Diana Trossies and the Brittany Griners, they should be making millions. You know, if, if a, you know, whatever round draft pick that, you know, is, is just a practice player, if he could make a, a million plus, why isn't our best W player making at least a million and a half to two you know and I think when the the money you know is a little bit more comparable um then I think we'll see a little bit more growth as well because at one time we you know play over here and then have to go overseas in order to supplement the income you know Mm -hmm. um at least we're getting more money. So it's a process, you know, there's no one, um, you know, anecdote that you could say, Hey, if we do this, you know, this will happen. Um, but we have to have support on the men's side. Um, you know, when, when I saw, um, uh, Cynthia Cooper and, um, Tina Thompson and, Houston's team, they, they won four straight championships and then the, the team went defunct. So, you know, how do you win championships like that? How do you have that much talent? And then, you know, you disband the team. So um, I don't quite know what the answer is, but we need to figure out some way um, to, to, to get even more traction to bring, to, to make an even longer season. I mean, the men play what, 80, 90 games in a season and the women play. Actually, it's funny you say that because I was just saying yesterday how I feel like last season just ran right into this season because of COVID. And, you know, we just, we're just, it's nonstop NBA, you know, so we have to have social media, to, to make it important 
because when social media makes it important, then it becomes important. I can't tell you how many kids that say, did you watch that TikTok this or, you know, that this was on Instagram or that was on Instagram or Twitter or whatever. Well, when you start putting the W games, you know, highlights on social media and, you know, and highlighting the lives of the athletes like they do on the men's side, when you do that kind of stuff, then you humanize those players and you help bring it home for some of those girls that, you know, aren't necessarily watching or wouldn't have watched that say, Hey, you know, I I think I like this or I like her, you know, she does this. I want to do that because that's what kids do. They emulate what they're seeing on social media. So media plays a huge part in, in what we tend to watch and what we like over here in, in the States. But that's because, you know, we're a capitalistic society and it's all about the money, whereas in other countries, they don't necessarily have, you know, that type of access, you know, to the Internet, to different apps, to, you know, to certain technologies and, you know, stuff like that. So, um, you know, it's just I, I could go on and on, you know, but long, long, longer story short, you know, I think that it's an awesome league. The talent is out of sight and you know i just hope that it will continue to grow in teams not just in notoriety but in teams because there's girls that there's women that aren't making the roster simply because the league is just so talented you know right so we should see those players playing as well and not you know getting shut out because there just isn't you know a team or a market for them Mm-hmm. I, totally, I totally agree with, uh, you know, everything that you, you just mentioned. Um, I do agree that marketing has definitely been better for the W. Um, you know, I'm thankful for my wife for kind of introducing me to the game, uh, you know, back when we first started dating five, four, four, four or five years ago, whatever the case is. Um, um, it's been a while for us now. But because growing up for me personally, you know, we didn't really talk about the w you know and um at at most we you know we definitely you know if we saw you know the women's like games being played at a high school gym or um you know there's a women's game going on we we know we'll be there to support but we never really you know thought about the 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 w at the time and you know the w's been around for 25 (laughs) years and so looking back on it you know i wish you know things um we're different back then but now i see that we're you know there's more marketing right now and that that there is a better effort as pointed out there's some hoping like kids today especially you know younger women know more about the w now and at least Mm -hmm. you know be introduced with it and at least build up an interest with it and also not only follow it but to support it as well um, just because we, you know, mm-hmm. want to see the, the W grow because it rightfully it deserves to grow. You know, they definitely deserve the more money. They definitely deserve they deserve everything everything that the men get. The the, the woman deserves just as much, or if if not even more. Because that the training that we have to do is the same type of training that a man yeah. has to do. <laughs> you mm-hmm. know, it, it's it's the same. You, in order to to be very good at your craft, you have to practice it over and over again and work hard at it. And if that's what you do, then you should be rewarded for it, period. When we have a job, we we interview for a job and they ask us what salary we're asking for. Well, this is what I'm worth. 
I'm asking you for what I'm worth. And that's what they need to do, you know, for the women. And I, I think if you get you get more people watching it, well, then, of course, you get more media, which then begets more money, which then, you know, becomes a wheel that, you know, gets bigger and bigger and, and gains more notoriety. But yeah. like you said, yeah, it I it, me personally, for the, the young ladies that I coach, I make it mandatory. You have to you have to go watch a game and you have to tell me who your favorite player was and what they did that made you, you know, made them your favorite player. You know, what was it about the game that, you know, you liked or didn't like, you know, because you want to hear that from, from, you know, a young lady's perspective. Well, I don't like that they do this and I don't like that they do that. Well, okay. You know, because I know for somebody like me, you know, I'm a WBCA member. So, you know, I can, I can say as a coach, my players are saying this, maybe we should look at changing that, you know, and and then, you know, indirectly, they become a change agent. They don't understand. They don't really get that and understand that, but they can, but they have to at least go to the games and say, Mm -hmm. and see it and say, Hey, you know, this is what I like. This is what I don't like, you know, and some of them fall in love with it. A lot of them say, wow, I didn't know they did this. And I, and I saw that. And, you know, you kind of see, you know, a little light kick up, kick up in them. And that's what you want, you know, and, Mm -hmm. and it, it also helps me to show them, see, this is to, to attain that. Cause you know, this is what you're saying you want. To attain that, these are the kinds of things that you're going to have to do. So it just kind of ties all the things that I say and all the ways that I coach, it ties it all together for them. Absolutely. Um, who are some, I mean, if you have personal favorites, who are some of your personal favorites in the W right now? Natasha Cloud, by far. She is, she's an activist. She's a kind person. She I, I did um, uh, junior MBA for the Wizards and, and the Mystics. And whenever we had a game day event, whenever we had a special event at a school, whenever she showed up, she always showed out. She was always energetic. She was always excited. She was always getting young girls involved. And she would always, if she couldn't sign autographs right then because she had to go warm up or whatever, she she made it a point to say, hey, you stay right there. I'll be back. And she would. She would go do what she had to do, and she would come back, and she would take photos and sign as many autographs as, as the kids you wanted. And that's the kind of person that, you know, every person should aspire to be she's she's not only very good at her craft but she gets in the community and she helps and and she lends her voice uh and her her time and talent you know on the court and off the court and she's always there for a young child or a young player and you know, that that really, to me, is the epitome of what a professional should be, mm-hmm. because in all honesty, I saw some players that literally would go to the opposite entrance and exit to avoid having to mm-hmm. deal with the kids that would ask for autographs or pictures. Mm-hmm. 
That's so I'm, high high name players that that make a lot of money, you know, or or that you know the kids are like, oh, you know, so so so, you know, but they're all the way across the court. They would come in that way and they would go out that way, and and knowing that we have a game day clinic, knowing that these kids would be waiting because that's part of it. You know, we want to help them grow and develop, but we also, you know, need to tie in, you know, the marketing piece for them, allow them to, you know, see the players, you know, take a picture or get an autograph or something. And, and when a player avoids them, you know, it makes you wonder, wow, you know, what, what's important to you? Because if it wasn't for these, you know, kids whose parents have paid their money for, you know, the clinics and paid money to bring them there because the kid loves this player. So if it wasn't for them, you wouldn't really be getting the money you're, you're getting and have the notoriety that you have. So why do you act like that? So, you know, I so I I always say Natasha Cloud and I watched her play, I think it was last week and man phenomenal she took a whole season off and she managed to come back better than what she was (laughs) you know the season before so she's just impressive to me on every level yeah no it's always uh good to hear about those stories on at least are on this particular platform because one of the things that we do is we like to capture those stories we like to hear about those stories that you know that that goes on behind the scenes that no one really knows about so we appreciate right. you sharing that that story and, and those testimonies with us absolutely um so i know you mentioned that you um you did you did the WNBA development for the mystics and the wizards the wizards mainly the for wizards. the wizards yes okay you want to talk about how you landed there and what was that experience like for you? Uh, well, it's, it's interesting, just like anything else, you know, it's, it's who, you know, or you're in the right place at the right time. Um, so, uh, I managed to, um, I managed to get hooked up with someone who, uh, was in, the Georgetown program and she mentioned, hey, they're starting this development, this youth development. So I was like, oh, that's me. That's me all day, (laughs) you know? And literally I got a phone call and sent my resume and things like that. I mean, now it's, it's, you know, a little bit more difficult um, because there's a lot more people who know about it and, you know, and know what they do. Um, But it it was literally just being in the right place at the right time, Um, which is, you know, what happens with a lot of things. But um, they were, uh, Shannon, actually, he lived in New York. So uh, he moved to the DC metro area. So I had been with him since, you know, he kind of got it up and running again. And we just love, love basketball. You know, he, he loves the game and, you know, and development. And, um, you know, so it was just coming in and talking about, okay, the, these are the fundamentals, you know, this is what, how we need to be teaching kids. 
Um, I believe he came from a, a private school. So, you know, private school players are much different than public school players, you know. Um, but it, it was always the focus of, you know, we got to build the player, um, you know, with a, a fundamental foundation. And so, um, and I just loved it. And I loved being able to kind of be there when the kids would see the players and, you know, and they light up and, yeah. you know, um, and like I said, with uh, Natasha, you know, to see them kind of play into the kid and play them up. And, you know, there's times when the kid will make a shot and she'll go wild and players will go wild. And, you know, you just, it, it's just, it's, it's a really awesome thing. Like I said, it's love, it's beauty. You know, the game is beauty and, and it's love. And I love seeing that. And I love seeing, you know, the players to, to be able to give that confidence and, and that those type of moments to kids that wouldn't necessarily get them, yeah. you know, because some of these kids are getting these moments that are from the inner city that wouldn't necessarily be able to afford a ticket or a clinic. So that that's kind of big. That's kind of big. That is huge because it, it 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 not only creates that moment that moment, but also just creates that exposure, you know. Because a lot of people, you know, they don't get the opportunity to to participate in those events like that. So it's mm -hmm. um, it's good to know that you have people out there like you that kind of help lead the charge and you know and kind of help orchestrate those events like that. So I mean, that's that's beautiful. Yeah. Grassroots or spare grassroots is very important. So mm -hmm. I didn't understand that, um, you know, before I started coaching, but it, it didn't take long. I definitely understand that, you know, these players need someone that care about them as a human being first. They care about their heart. They care about them, you know, their, their lives off the court. You know, I always say, how can you get the best of a player if you don't care about them off the court, you know, yeah. they, everything that they are that at home, they bring to that court. And if you can't or won't address that, you can only get but so much out of that player. Mm -hmm. I, I totally agree with that. Cause I got, got some stories for offline <laughs> conversation. So, um, I know you, you graduated and went to, to college and whatnot, you know, how much has, you know, that education, you know, played a part in what you do on your, you know, your day-to-day -day activities? Well, a master's degree nowadays is like a bachelor's degree used mm -hmm. to be. So a master's in, in my opinion, and I, I say uh, to people is a must. Uh, if, if you plan on being a professional now, if you can be a Bill Gates and just quit school and if you're just highly in, intelligent and talented and, you know, can have your own whatever, yeah. then, hey, by all means, you know, but that's that's a one in a however many thousand kind of thing. Um, so education is very important. You need to learn how to educate yourself, how to learn, because learning how to learn helps you not only in business, in your job or whatever it is you choose to do and in relationship, but it helps you in sport because you can teach someone something and 
to one player and they could pick it right up and then try to teach that same way to another player and they don't get it. So you have to teach them different ways and different techniques and all one ties into the other. They're, they're not mutually exclusive that, you know, Mm -hmm. everything that you do, everything that you are like ties in, you know, on the court, off the court into your, you know, daily living, things like that. So, um, yeah, I, I just, I think that, Uh, yeah, I, I just that that so yeah. for for the sake of not continuing to go on because I know I can get long winded. I you know no, it just yeah, they I've they all, it all goes together. Yeah, no, I, I've been. Oh, I appreciate it. Years. I appreciate it. My yeah. kids are like every time it's time to you know we wrap up. They're like, <sighs> and they're looking at the. I know, I know, I'm wrapping up. <laughs> no, so. I, I I definitely enjoy it. So don't don't let it you know speak from the heart you know if it comes to your mind ah. just go ahead and let it flow you know it, so. it's interesting I had a gentleman tell me um because like I said I was in the fire department and when I left the fire department I went back to get my master's degree in coaching and athletic administration mm-hmm. so it it's interesting. I grew up with the game. I knew the game, but there were things that I learned in that master's program uh, Mm -hmm. at Concordia that I didn't really know. And so it helped, you know, usher me into coaching and also helped with, you know, to formulate my technique and my philosophy, because you think, you know, those things until you're in it or running a program. And then you realize, wow, I never thought about that. Wow. I didn't know I have to do that because you're just used to playing or, you you know, you, you love the game and, and you think, you know, but it just, it starts happening. You're like, wow, I really didn't know that. So that's, yeah. that was the instrumental in helping to formulate what type of coach that I became. And I had a gentleman that I met at a, a basketball clinic once. And I had mentioned, I was working, I'm finishing up my master's program. And he was like, why? You don't need a master's. And so I, after talking to him, I kind of walked away feeling like, wow, you know, really deflated. And then, you know, finish the program, start coaching fast forward a year or two. And I went to a WBCA clinic all I kept hearing was masters, masters, masters. Mm. Fast forward even further than the jobs that were being posted. It was mandatory that you had a master's degree. So I, so I kind of, you know, was able to, to pop my collar like, <laughs> yeah, you know, <laughs> I knew then I needed a degree. You tried to get me. You almost yeah. got me, but you didn't, you know, but, but it proved that, yeah, that's important. Education is important because you're, even though it's the game of basketball, you're teaching. Yeah. You're teaching. You're just not in a classroom and they're sitting in a desk and you're in front of them at a blackboard. It, it's it, but you are absolutely doing what a teacher or a professor does. You are breaking down a subject in order to, for them to digest it, to be able to, you know, to learn from it, grow from it but also to show you how they've learned it or if they've learned it. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's absolutely the, the, you know, same thing. That's why I say education is absolutely important. 
Yeah, I, I tell you. But, but I guess, uh, oh, I, sorry no, to interrupt, no, no, but I, I guess I wanted, I wanted to, I wanted, I wanted to put the caveat in education is important. However, education also has to have some type of, of um, life experience with it. Mm-hmm. You know, you can't just go to school and get degrees. You know, it, you, it doesn't work because an education is one thing. And the way you, you know, you get a degree and, you know, you sit in a classroom or, you know, you're on your computer or whatever, but in real life, that's real practice. Yeah. And so the example that I can give is when I went to the fire academy, you know, I was doing scenarios on a computer, you know, we would, or when we'd go out to the burn pad and, you know, we would do simulations. That was one thing. Yeah. But when I got in my first, when my very first call was a dump truck and a UPS truck head on. The UPS guy was laying in the middle of the street, brain matter coming out of his his ears. That was my first call. I had to run that. So even though I had medical scenarios in the academy, it wasn't this. It wasn't people standing around watching. It wasn't this, you know, this actual physical human, you know, who had something coming out of his head, who we had to fly out, you know, who we had to work on, you know. So, yeah, I needed the academy to help prepare me for that. But in all honesty, the real world scenario, nothing can compare you to that. You know, that's why you have people who don't have a degree, but they have all the, you know, real world experience. So an employer can say, wow, you know, you've done this, 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 man, (laughs) that's better than a degree because you've seen it all. You've done it all. You've been there. So that's why I said, can I please put that caveat in? It's not just about an education. That education has to be put in with real world practice. Yeah. No, I completely agree with you. I just recently attained my master's in engineering management. So I've been working on trying to, as I educate myself, try to have the experience to go along with it just because it goes, you know, simultaneously and just having that real world experience, nothing can actually replace it, but also just having that education just kind of helps nudges you forward, you know, a little bit. Mm And man, I'm, I'm still I'm I'm still thinking about that that scenario where you see the guy, you know, brain. Yeah, uh-huh. and tr- trust me, that's that's kind of how I jumped off the rig, like yeah. eyes this wide, like okay, you know, you're getting instruction, and and that's where you also the rubber meets the road. You you know, it's one thing to sit in an academy and and they say, okay, this is what you'll see, or this is what you need to do. And it's another thing you hop off that engine and it's time to put it into practice. Can I handle this? Can I handle seeing that blood? Can I handle knowing that this person's life is in my hand? So, you know, the one thing that now that I coach, I always say, it's not life or death. I know life or death. I've seen life or death. But I can calm players down because I can get them to understand this isn't life or death. This is just, you know, yeah, it's important. Yeah, I know you want to do well. You don't want to mess up. But understand, you'll all you'll live to to fight another day. You'll live to do it again another day. So allow yourself, you know, the the leeway to be able to to fail 
and don't be so hard on yourself. Yeah. But yeah, that's, that's, that's a tough, that's a tough scenario. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, that, that last part that you just said, just allowing yourself to fail. And I think, uh, cause I played, I played a lot of baseball in high school and I played like a couple years in, 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 in college. And um, a lot of times in baseball, you're failing more times than you're actually succeeding. Like, you know, in baseball, you, you hit the ball three out of 10 times. That's good. You get you bad 300, you know, in real life, that's actually a failing. And so just, mm-hmm. you know, carrying that over to wherever I go in life, you know, has helped propel me in a lot of different ways. Um, Absolutely. One thing I was going to ask you about, how has like being, you know, a, a minority woman and being in coaching, like how much has that like played a part in your career? Like, has it affected you or, or any different ways? Uh, I think, I believe it has. Um, okay. You know, Cappy Pondexter was the last uh, Black head coach we had in the W um, when, when she left the league. Um, and we didn't have any Black females. Uh, we now, we're just now, um, last season, talking about uh, two Black females who were going head-to-head for, you know, a, a conference championship. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, we're, we're still having first. So I, I could really kind of go on and on about that. But just by that example, that shows you that we're still behind the curve, you know, it, as Black females, you know, yeah. we kind of are, are at the end. And when we go, do get that chance, we better, we better make it happen quick because we don't get, you know, extended contracts and we don't get long to be able to prove ourselves, you know? So, um, yeah, it is. But at the end of the day, I always look at everything through, through faithful eyes, you know, God puts me where exactly where I need to be at exactly the right time. God gives me exactly what I need when I need it at the right time. So um, if it works out, hey, great. If it doesn't, you know, it might hurt my little feelings, you know, but I just, I quickly back up and say, okay, Lord, this wasn't for me. You must have something else, mm-hmm. you know, and, and that makes it a bit, a little bit easier to deal with, you know, as well. That's why faith is so important. You know, so I rely on that and I say, hey, if this wasn't for me and or, hey, I got this, you know, this must be where I'm supposed to be, where I'm supposed to grow and, you know, grow some flowers here for a while. And then when that door opens, it's time for me, you know, to walk through it. Yeah, no, faith is, man, faith is everything, you know, faith is the only reason why I am where I am today. So I'm glad that you you brought that up and that's I feel like that's a great tie-in to wrap up this first segment of our podcast with our, our interview portion so now we're gonna um, loosen up a little bit we're gonna have just a little fun we're gonna go into our, <clears throat> our into our rapid fire round where we uh, ask people like either or questions we call it the game within the game mm-hmm. segment so my question for you is are you ready to play absolutely okay I love competition <laughs> all, right. <laughs> all right so here we go so we go we're going to start off light so we're going to ask um are you a oatmeal uh oatmeal raisin fan or a chocolate chip cookie fan 
So I like them both. Uh-huh. And and it, this is a testament to me being a Libra because it's hard to make decisions sometimes. And also the fact that I'm very eclectic because I like a lot of things. Yes. So I love oatmeal raisin cookies, but I'm a chocolate lover. Okay. But if I had to pick, I'm going to go with the oatmeal raisin because it's heartier and it's got that pop with the raisin. You know, yep. and it's not it, it it won't get overbearing like a chocolate chip cookie can. If there's too many chocolate chip cookies, you're just yeah. tasting nothing but chocolate and less cookies. So I'll go with the oatmeal raisin. Hey, I'm an oatmeal raisin. Final fan. answer. So we we, we we here. We here with the oatmeal raisin. So. We're bonding. We're bonded. Yeah, we're bonded. So uh, you know, it's funny that you say that because I can always go for like a good chocolate chip cookie. Matter of fact. Sad thing is, I don't know one one of these days um, when I was doing the recording, I had just mentioned like, look, I just had some chocolate chip cookies, so I feel like I'm cheating on oatmeal raisin, but I still love oatmeal raisin cookies more than <laughs> the chocolate chip cookies. Um, <laughs> uh, my next question for you is, um, TV shows or movies? Movies. I love stories. Um. To me, TV shows are more for entertainment. Uh, Not that a movie isn't, but movies tell stories. And I, as a kid, I always loved, um, my great grandmother would tell stories. And I love being around older people, listening to how they grew up, listening to hard times in the cotton fields when they had to pick cotton, you know, um, 12 kids you know they're one of 12 or you know 15 kids and you know times were hard and you know how they had to work and you know just stories I've always loved hearing people's stories um Mm -hmm. so uh, movies so it would have to be movies my mother's favorite favorite quote is I love happy endings Mm -hmm. so and and I'm that way too I love happy endings no, there's nothing wrong with that. I uh, so I prefer TV shows just because I feel like I get more content, and but I you can't never really go wrong. You can't really never go wrong with a good movie. So, um, I know I know Brady, my co-host, uh, he does. Uh, I, I've convinced him to go to the TV show route. So, <laughs> but what's your uh, favorite movie? <laughs> oh, man. I, I think there's two kind of running, but if I had to pick, I'd say the color purple. I, there's so many quotes for, for black folks that come out of the color purple. You know, you yeah. told Hoppo to beat me, you know, it. <laughs> all those things. But but yeah. the, you know, just the just the story behind the story behind the story in that of that movie to me is yeah. just it's amazing, you know, how how you can split family up and no matter how much you can, you try, they're always going to find their way back. You know, you're, you're always, you know, how you can, you know, how Mr. was so mean, but at the end of his days, he realized, wow, I need to soften my heart, you know, and he ended up bringing, you know, the sister back and, you know, how Harpo and Sophia, you know, he beat her, they beat on each other, they had all these kids and they split up, but at the end of the day, they loved each other enough to come back. 
so nothing mattered. So, you know, I could go on and on, but there's just a lot of, you know, metaphors and similes and just stories, you know, in that movie that, that I really, I love. Oh, oh yeah, absolutely. Uh, like for me, uh, my personal favorite uh, is Harlem Nights and it's just like the movie that- Ah, shot me my pinky toe. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's, that's the movie that my whole family mm -hmm. can quote and we can just sit we can sit in a room quote and just laugh at it the whole time and so that's that's probably why that's probably my favorite favorite movie of all time i think my sister my second oldest sister robin she loves that movie too she's a movie buff she's definitely <laughs> a movie buff but yeah she she loves that movie um, so my next question is, so we're going to transition to a little bit, a couple of basketball questions. Okay. So, uh, Diana Tarazi or Sue Bird? Woo. Okay. I say Tarazi because okay. she's bigger. She's, mm -hmm. uh, a little bit, she's younger, I think. Yeah, I think she's younger. Um, but she's got, she's got a fire and a, and a swag that comes off of her that Sue Bird doesn't like Sue Bird is just really, she, she comes off very humble, not to say that, you know, she doesn't get out there and, cr and scratch and claw like, you know, the rest of them, but yeah. Diana Taurasi is unapologetically in your face, giving it to you, period. Just period. Yeah. So yeah. that's why I think I'd have to go with Tarasi. Yeah. Yeah. I'm agree. And she gets you. better every year. She yeah. could be injured and you know, she's had a lot of injuries. And, you know, she could she could be injured and she could not be playing, but she manages when she comes back, she manages to be just as good, if not better, than when she was sitting out. Yeah, I, I totally agree with that. I've seen her play like in person, you know before the before the pandemic and watching her play, I was like, yo, I, I just love her. I love her attitude. I love the swag that she walks <laughs> with. I love just everything that she does. So I was just definitely it's like totally in love with. So I'm a definitely mm -hmm. like a Tarazi supporter. Uh so other question, who wins? Uh I heard you mention it earlier, so I had to ask this one. So uh who wins in a one on one, Cheryl Miller or Reggie? Cheryl, because okay. I think she's going to beat Reggie up. <laughs> I, I you know, she, she's she's the older sister. So, you know, he, he might get her physically, you know, mm -hmm. physicality wise, but she's going to beat him up. You know, yeah. but guys, a lot of people don't understand. And I actually, I think it was, um, it was a coach I was talking to a, a couple days ago and he was saying, People don't realize how nasty and how hard that females hit when yeah. when they're on the court. If if you really watch the game, man, you're seeing elbows flying. You're seeing, mm -hmm. you know, sometimes punches being thrown. You know, yeah. they they're physical. Right. They're physical. They and yeah, they do. And they get and it could get nasty. So I think mm -hmm. Cheryl Miller being the older sister says there's no way I'm letting you win. And she does whatever she has to to make it happen. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I totally agree with that. 
so so my next question is um build your I'll, I'll, and i'll let you choose uh, which one you want to do it in but build your your ultimate five that you want to go with either the nba or wnba so you're you're, you're starting five LeBron Anthony Davis. Okay. Diana Taurasi. Okay. Elena Deladon. Mm -hmm. And Natasha Cloud. Okay. That that's that's my five. That's my five. You've got superstar, you've got superstar power, but yeah. you also have good people. Like I, I think um, all of the people that I named off the court, the mm -hmm. stuff that they do for their communities yeah. is, is exemplary. So mm -hmm. I, I don't think they're exclusive. I think if you're a, a good person, if you, know, if you love people and you try to help your community, I think that absolutely helps make you an even better player. Totally because you that. get it you know what yeah. i mean yeah yeah i i totally agree with that you know I, there's there's no argument here for me with that <laughs> what, <laughs> what's um i i don't reason why i ask this because I, I noticed that you have a lot of a lot of books in your background but what's a, a book one book that people should definitely read if that not haven't if they haven't read yet oh gosh I've, oof, I've read a lot of good books. I, this is totally unsport related, but um, I always mention this book. Um, I, the practice. the practice, this, this book is, uh-huh, this book is by, um, actually, I think it's like literally right behind me. Um, but that book is by Keith Jordan, and he started out as a chiropractor. And I think you might have heard in my last, um, in a, a different podcast that I did about how I came to him. Um, you know, I was uh, had just finished college, and I was trying to play pro ball, and my back went out. Um, mm. And a, a friend of mine uh, referred me to someone who then referred me to him. So we started out with, um, he, like I said, he was a chiropractor. So he was, you know, working with my back. Then we moved to reflexology and then we moved to holistic care. So he's a holistic uh, doctor that, uh, that no longer does uh, chiropractic work, but... Mm -hmm. He works with your spirit. So mm. I literally went from getting my back cracked to laying on the, the table talking about uh, my childhood, what mattered to me, how I thought, how I felt. And, you know, you would think, wow, you're paying money for this, you know, you might as well go see a counselor. But at the end of the day, it was much deeper, much mm -hmm. bigger than that. Um, and he he said he always wanted to write a book and he, he had a hard time writing the book. So he actually came out with a series of um, 
DVDs Mm -hmm. where he was, you know, talking on them. And then eventually he wrote the practice and the practice um, is literally a book that you, you can read a paragraph or two and you literally have to set it down and sit back and let, and let what you were reading sink in because it's all about the practice of life. And you don't think about, you know, we practice in sport. You don't think about practicing Mm -hmm. life. You know what I'm saying? Um, But really that's what, when you're in these situations or, you know, when you find yourself someplace, you're practicing life. You're, you're going through this situation and something happens to you and how do you act or react or what do you do? Well, now you've just, you've just taught yourself how something and practiced at it so that when that comes up again for you, you know, oh, this is how I act and this is how I react. And if I don't want to do that, when this situation comes around again, what do I need to do? You know, things like that. So, so now you have to practice how not to do that or how to continue to do that. So, but the the book is very deep and it's very rich. It's a book that you read probably once a year to kind of remind you of, of various things. Um, And, and it, like I said, it just really makes you sit back and, and think about not just who you are and, and why you do the things that you do but what it all means, you know, and at times it can, it can get overwhelming, you know, because like, you know, as, as a faithful person, you know, when you think about God and then there's times when you have all these questions and then, you know, you're reading the word and sometimes you just, things get so big. You think to yourself, wow, you know, that that's just way too much. I can't, you know, I can't, my mind can't hold that or fathom that, you know, at times that's where it leads you but then you'll read something else that'll bring you back, that'll show you, you know, this, this is all a practice. You know, Mm -hmm. you're exactly where you need to be exactly the right time doing exactly what you need to in order for the Lord to use you in a way that he needs to use you so that you might be that, that mouthpiece for this little girl or little boy that you're going to meet five, maybe 10 years down the line that will really need what you have. And when you think about that, it's like, wow, that's my legacy. That's my legacy. So if I can have that on my tombstone, you know, if I could be that in life, then that's what would go on my tombstone, you know, and that's what you leave behind. That's, you know, the, the face of God, you know, the, the heart, the love, Mm -hmm. you know, uh, your spirit, that's what you leave in this world, you know, when you go. Yeah, no, um, it sounds like a fantastic book to read that I'm going to definitely mention to my wife and say, look, we need to probably add this book to our collection. Absolutely. You'll, you'll absolutely love it. Absolutely so, love it. I, I wrote it down, so I'm definitely going to get it, especially I got an upcoming, upcoming road trip that I can probably get some reading in. <laughs> <laughs> There's oh, also, so let me mention, there's there's also an online portion to it. So okay. he, there's he's got um, a course, he's got courses that go along with the book. And 
free of charge. So if, if you choose to donate, you can. If not, then you don't have to. Um, but it's um, thepractice.com. And it will it will take you through the course and it and you would think because the book's not that that thick, you know, it's probably about like that. So you would think, you know, it won't be, you know, too lengthy or anything, but it asks some questions that, you know, yeah. could take you a couple of days to really think about and answer, you know, yeah. and it's more for yourself, you know, uh, mm -hmm. just self-reflection and really just to get the most out of you know, where you're trying to get to and, and who you're trying to be. No, like I say, it, it sounds like a fantastic book to add and definitely the resources that's available on thepractice.com. Um, so another question for you, and this will be the last question in our rapid fire segment is, if you had a chance to take over an organization, who are you choosing? That is big. Um, you know, <laughs> because because I'm older, if I, if I was younger, I, you know, I'd probably rattle off really quickly, uh, uh, you know, my favorite WNBA team. Yeah. But because I'm older and I know how business works. Yeah. <sighs> You know, when you get into the weeds of, you know, how of running a business, mm. then it really makes you stop and think, uh huh. But I guess I would have to say, uh, for personal and professional reasons, I guess I'd have to say, uh, LA. I'd have to say, okay. uh, the Lakers. Okay. One, because it's run by the bus family <laughs> and you know, they make a lot of money. Um, they've right. shown history shown that they're willing to put the money into not only the players, but the organization as a whole. Mm. Um, so when you know that you have an employer that that's, you know, that will back you, that will pay you what you're worth, then that's where you want to work. Um, so I think I would have to, say the Lakers, I'd be able to be around basketball, I would be able to be around, you know, my favorite player, um, yeah. you know, but I would also be able to be paid what I'm worth, you know, because out out on, you know, the West Coast, it's high dollar. So, you, yeah. you know, <laughs> you work hard, you play hard, and you know, you, you make money doing it. So yeah, that's what I'll say. <laughs> that's a that's a great pick so i think you're the first one that actually mentioned the lakers so i i applaud the pick <laughs> and, and they got championships so i'll get they some could. rings <laughs> you probably collect both you know two hands worth you know <laughs> right 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 <laughs> <laughs> but no, it's been uh, this whole interview has been fun. It's been great. You have a beautiful story, and you have you're just overall all around amazing on so many different levels. I'm sure we can keep talking for hours, but you know we're gonna go absolutely, ahead. yeah. We're we gonna go ahead and wrap this up. But uh, for the people that are listening, do you mind sharing your social so people can follow along with your career and uh, stay in tune with what you're doing? Absolutely. Uh, right now, and my website's under uh, 
construction, but um, it's I'm at Locket Hoops, LocketHoops.com. Um, and uh, I'm I'm a Instagrammer, Locket Hoops. Um, so you can find me on Locket Hoops on you know everything uh, because that you know that's my my name, that's my business. So uh, Locket Hoops, you can you can find me. All right. So for those that are listening, please follow Miss Tiffany Lockett as she uh, continues the journey to the career. And for all for everyone else that's listening, you know, please tune in and follow the Capturing the Game on Instagram at Capturing underscore the underscore game underscore pod. Also, uh, subscribe and like our YouTube page, which is Capturing the Game podcast. We can be found on, on Twitter at uh, CT, CTG underscore podcast and also on Facebook at Capturing the Game pod. So once again, we just Thank you for listening. Thank you for liking. Thank you for subscribing. Thank you for tuning in to all the episodes thus far. We've enjoyed every single one of our interviews that we had so far, and we look forward to continuing to share more on this particular platform. So thank you for tuning in once again.